Let's finish listening to Roland Martin Unfiltered Daily Digital Show on YouTube. Thank you for listening. I want you to listen very clear. <laughs> you don't make any any decisions for yourself unless somebody is trying to hurt you. Now, is somebody trying to hurt you?
it tells you to sit down and shut up. Any adult, you better sit down and shut up. Now, if your teachers tell you to do something, you better listen. Montgomery County, Maryland Councilman Will Jawandell. He's been asking for the video since the incident. Uh, it joins us right now. So, Will, um, your reaction to this? Uh, I mean, it, it doesn't get easier watching it. Uh, you know, I've seen it many times, and uh, it's never easy. It's disgusting. I mean, and there's actually gets worse as you go along. At one point, uh, the officer screams within an inch of this young boy's face five-year-old boy just screaming in his face no one's wearing a mask we're in the middle of covid i mean the, the teachers don't intervene the mother obviously is not uh handling the situation the way we'd like to see a parent handle it but you know my focus has been on the government responsibility people who wear the montgomery county seal on their arm treating a young young boy like this was clearly in distress. He, no adult in this situation was looking out for this young boy and intervening and showing him love. He's five years old. He's five years old. Um, and, and it's just, it's disgusting. It's horrific. And, you know, I've called on these officers to be fired. I've called for a full investigation of these administrators and the school staff that watched this happen. Police are not supposed to be involved in any way in school discipline. The fact that this went on for an hour, nearly an hour, uh, was allowed to, uh, was clearly a violation of policy, um, but it's just morally wrong as well. And so um, this is very disappointing. It just shows the criminalization uh, and the robbing of the childhood of particularly black youth. Any, any idea and, Any idea how he just gets to walk out of school? Well, that's another point. Uh, what's going on with the security and the doors in the classroom? Um, I, I, that is one of the things I've called for. What's the full investigation? Now, you do have kids, you know, that try to wander out of classroom. That happens. But there should be someone there in multiple systems and redundancies to catch that before a child gets out of the school and down the street like that. So that's a, that's an issue as well. And so you're calling for the officers uh, to be fired, but listen to the mother there. Sounds to me like she's right there along with the cops and not particularly happy with her son disobeying adults. Yeah, well, look, my job is I can't parent. You know, I'm a father of four. That's not my job. My job is to people who are uh, supposed to be protecting and serving and caring for children. Uh, my job is to oversee our police department, our budget, our laws, and how we conduct our, our business. And that was not appropriate. Um, I don't I don't personally agree with some of the things that the mother said, but here, here's what we also know, Roland. You know, I know we're on unfiltered here. We also know the the complicated and uh, tortured history that people of color have with police. And, and if you just go back to why there's some uh, theory and there's a lot of literature written on why black folks have used corporal punishment as a way to do it at home so that it doesn't happen at, at the hands of the state, um, and, and, you know, if you watch this thing, at one point, the officer says, I don't beat him because I don't want to go to jail. And the officer says, you can beat your child. You don't, you don't have to go to jail. She gives her the wrong advice, tells her she can break the law and, and physically abuse her child. So I think it's a lot more complicated than any one of those scenes shows. But, but certainly, I, you know, look, there, as I said, there's no adult 
in this situation that did the right thing for that child, not one adult. And where does the case stand right now? Uh, so there is a uh, lawsuit that's been filed uh, by the mother. Uh, on, as a, that's that's proceeding. Um, I have asked, and my colleagues, we've asked for a full investigation from both the school side and the police department. One of the most troubling things about this is that it happened in January of 2020, so over a year ago, and we didn't find out about it until the lawsuit was filed in January of 2021. That's when I started requesting the, the tape uh, for the last three and a half months. And the lawsuit is, fi- the lawsuit is filed by, who filed the lawsuit against who? The mother filed a lawsuit against the county and the police department and the school system. For, for what? And that's the only that's the only reason I found out about hold it. Hold on, hold on. The mom filed a lawsuit against the county for what? Uh, for uh, false imprisonment, uh, <laughs> endangering uh, the child. I forget what the other things, it's, it's a few things. Oh, I, 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 I'm confused. Wasn't the mama standing right there? For about half of it. The first half, she wasn't there. You know, you, you cut to it. So for about the first 20, 25 minutes, she was not there. She was called to be there. Uh, so they the, the, the initial outside and bringing them into the school and all that that happened before she got there. so i'm not here to speak on the no 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 i mean I'm, I'm, i just want to be clear because i'm going i mean if you listen to that i mean she when the, when the cop puts the cuffs on her she's like no do you want to go where uncle bert is i mean it sounds to me like she's a participant in the conversation i would try to yeah, understand well, that so yeah no i'm with you i understand that but she doesn't even if she was saying cuff this five-year-old child, our police officers shouldn't be doing it. So it's, it's not it's not excusable because someone doesn't understand the law and is telling that that's not how we should conduct ourselves. And again, like I said, if you keep letting that tape go, our officer is literally screaming in the child's face, less than an inch from his face, in response to his crying um, and telling the mother that she can beat him, uh, that we want you to beat your child, things like that, which is just not true. So. I think, look, none of this situation is pretty. It's and I and I again I said every adult in this situation failed this child, but certainly from the from him being able to get out of the school building, from the police being able to treat him that way, and when he's clearly in distress, you know I'm the father of an autistic child, you know I don't know what this child's history, but I can tell you that uh, a lot of this symptoms that he's displaying, uh, I I'd be curious if he's been assessed, and you just don't treat. You don't treat children that way, and so uh, I think that's that's the issue. And you know, the fact that we found out about it so late, you know, this has made its way around the world now. And, and I think most people are outraged by it, by everyone's actions in that video, the, the administrators, the police officers, um, and certainly I understand people taking issue with some of the things that the mother said. But but let's see, let's think about who has the position of power here, who's holding the gun and the right. badge and the handcuffs. That's I think that's an important. All right, well, Juwando, I certainly appreciate it. Thank you so very much. Thanks, bro. Teresa, what do you make of this? Your thoughts? Well, I have a lot of thoughts on this. I think one is a it's a, a bit of a disgrace that we decide to to hold a lesson with a five year old, and um, the, even before we got to the five year old being in handcuffs, the conversation of him getting in back of a police car. Um, and, and honestly, you know, when he, they moved, um, the young child into the school system and you heard all the unfortunate, 
um, animosity and, you know, saying big terms like the five-year-old knows if what the definition of grown or being an adult really means. Yeah. Was talking to him like, like, like they were almost trying to do an intervention. And but you also kind of see where the young child's home life is because his mother wasn't stepping in and being a parent. But I also think that is uh, among many issues of, of you know her own personal trials and errors. It's so unfortunate. It hurts my heart. And I think, you know, it wasn't a lesson, you know, that was able to be captured on body cam by police officers. It was more so a lesson of uh, really, I would almost say mental health, because I think everybody in that room has something going on mentally that they didn't understand the ramifications of what they were doing to this child, that they all actually need to have a psychological evaluation because that child is now traumatized. And I don't think the, the lesson was really learned because part of it is he has to understand the terms. So a better parenting, a better evaluation of the circumstances should have not only taken place when he first was encountered uh, from the police officer, but it should have came to the school administration, which it wasn't there. It should also be came to the security system of why this child was able to, to go out into the streets we don't know if somebody even opened the door and allowed that child to be out because there's no cameras there. So we don't know, and we all know children do not tell us the full truth, uh, or they don't feel comfortable or feel safe. So I think a lot of factors happen, and, and of course, running down to the parenting of the situation of the matter, it did not help the situation. And this child is going to have some serious mental mental health issues that if, if this happens when he becomes a teenager, we can't expect, wow, we didn't know. They should expect, wow, you guys did this. You didn't show me love. You didn't give me the attention that was due, but you treated me like the criminal you already thought I was. Mm -hmm. Andrew. Absolutely. I mean, we all know this is a traumatic experience, but it's, to me, a case in point of the over-policing of black and brown youth. And to speak to a child that way who's five years old, uh, I wonder if they speak to adults and grown people that way. Um, you know, in a school setting, which is supposed to be about learning in a safe environment, safe space, um, I have to agree with your previous guest, like, this child's going to have some serious challenges, trauma, as a result of this. I mean, you've been arrested at five years old or had cuffs put on you in, in a way that doesn't even make sense. I mean, this, this, this whole situation is just awful, but I think it's indicative that, um, you know, this is happening. I work, I've worked in schools. I know many of you have worked in schools public schools, charter schools, and this happens every single day mm. where um, school resource officers or police officers are heavy-handed or respond in a way to a child that's inappropriate or go too far thinking that they're imparting a lesson, but they're really just traumatizing that child. Julian. Our children are never treated like children. We've seen little girls being handcuffed. We've seen teenage girls being pulled by their braids. But this just made my blood red and cold. This child, of course, has been traumatized to have handcuffs put on him. But more than that, I mean, Teresa made a really good point. Everybody in that room probably needs some intervention. Not the child, but everybody else, that principal, that police officer. But the child, I think, actually does need to be evaluated. I mean, he may have some, Will Durando made a point. When I first heard him howling, I said, you know, is something wrong here? And that should have been the first question the police officer asked. Not the tough love, get in my face. Do you want to, you know, I mean, that's awful. This is why 
why so many people have talked about defunding the police. Imagine a different outcome if a social worker had been on the scene and said some things, both to the mother, who, who may be totally stressed. I picked up on her comment, I work hourly so I can eat. If I don't eat, you can't eat. So this woman may be under some significant economic distress. And this is what happens with a lot of low-income women. You can't take the hour off to go to school because then you're going to be docked, usually something around $10 an hour, which we know people really can't live off. And we don't know the rest of her circumstances. Does she have a partner? Are there other children? But what we do know, this woman is clearly under some stress um, and is clearly very vulnerable. Not as vulnerable as her child, but very, very vulnerable. I, I just find this... Um, I don't even have a word for it, Roland, because, you know, I don't cuss that much mm -hmm. on the air. But um, it's repugnant. It's repulsive. It's the kind of thing that you would want your own child to go through. And so I, I thank you, Will Jawando, for making that public. Shame on the Montgomery Police Department for holding that body cam stuff for so long. This happened more than a year ago. So thanks. shame on them for that. And then, of course, the question about the masks. In the boy's face that nobody has a mask on and we know what time it is in terms of COVID, they've endangered this child mentally but also physically. And the thing about it is this is awful. We know it's awful, but we know it also happens almost every day in some school somewhere in this country. All right, folks, got to go to a break. We come back. We'll talk about advertising. Major companies not spending fair share on black-owned media companies. Break it down. I'll go with my next door. I believe. Uh, and it's just 
fill this out, fill this out, put this together, put this together. They never come back with anything. Then you have those industries where we are significant drivers of their bottom line. Take, for instance, General Motors. General Motors, more than 11% of their buyers are African American. Cadillac, oh, we, we know their numbers. But black owned media spending, not even 3%. Yesterday, in Sunday's uh, Detroit Free Press, Byron Allen took this ad out, signed by several people, including yours truly, specifically calling out the CEO of General Motors, Mary, Bar- Mary Barrow, for refusing to meet with us to discuss advertising opportunities. As you see, it was signed by Byron Allen, Butch Graves, head of Black Enterprise, Ice Cube, uh, his Black Basketball League, uh, yours truly, Todd Brown, co-founder of uh, Urban Edge Networks, HBCU League Pass, Junior Bridgman, uh, who recently purchased Ebony Magazine, Don Jackson, uh, of course, Central City Productions. Why is that the case? Why is that the case? It's the case, folks, because... Where's the money? And and let me be real clear here. We're not talking about black targeted. Let me be real clear to everybody who's paying attention. When, when, if you watch the NAACP Image Awards on Saturday night, and you saw all of these companies advertising, and there was a long list of them, that money is not going to black home. Not, 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 let, not, 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 let me unpack that. The money, I want to be real, the money is going for checks for African Americans who work there. The money is not going to build black wealth. Some of y'all missed that. But let, let me just let me just read for you. These were the advertisers during the NAACP Image Awards. Wells Fargo, Ford, Google, Ruffles, Target, American Family Insurance, Snickers, T-Mobile, L'Oreal, Walmart, Facebook, Geico, Wendy's, McDonald's, the Goodfeet Store, Amazon, Vaseline, Chime, Healthcare.gov. Kellogg Special K, LegalZoom, General Insurance, Metamucil, Toyota, Shiva Cat Food, Little Caesars Pizza, Jack in the Box, BET MGM, Cadbury Chocolate, Walgreens, Burger King, TurboTax, Frosted Flakes Kellogg, Travelocity, uh, M. Gallaty, uh, uh, M. Gallaty, Hyundai, Pizza Hut, Stanley Steamer, Procter & Gamble, Hennessy, Hershey's Chocolate, Lincoln. All of that advertising money flowed to Viacom CBS. Was the principal shareholder of Viacom CBS, Sherry Redstone. She's a black employee, not black owned. Black News Channel recently launched. Majority owner is the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, Pakistani American, not black owned. Black targeted. 
complex. Black targeted. Who owns them? Somebody goes to Verizon. Yeah, I can go on and on and on. Not black owned. Black targeted. Bounce TV. That script. Not black owned. See what I'm saying? I've always said that every America has always monetized blackness, yet black people have not benefited from the monetization of black people. And so we had a call with General Motors. Grab another one and laid out exactly what should happen. And not sort of this one-off. And also, this is not a situation where folks want to pick off two or three black media people. This is where black-owned media people have to learn how to stand together. Do y'all know why OPEC is so powerful? It's called the cartel. Do you know why cartels are powerful? Julian's going to explain it in a second. It's because they stick together. They don't allow themselves to get kicked off. They control the product and the price to maximize money. Black newspapers could be bigger and stronger. Black magazines. Just so y'all know, if it was not, if it was, if it wasn't for the conferences and black enterprise, they'd be out of business. Determine that point blank. Ninety percent of the money of Essence comes from the Essence Festival. Not, 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 not the magazine. Blavity make their money from Afrotech. Their conference going on, folks. We've launched this show September 4th, 2018. We've been able to grow this show methodically. We are in the black. What is it? If you showed me a white media company that had the growth that we've had in two and a half years, I can guarantee you they will be, they will be doing more than a few million dollars a year in revenue. I can guarantee so when we talk about where's our money in social, economic social justice, what we're talking about is going after the very dollars we are already spending. I just read for you all of those companies. And so here's what the NAACP should be asking. Every single one of the companies that advertise during the NAACP Image Awards on BET, what is your black-owned media spend? I want to know the black companies you're using for your commercials. I want to know the black catering companies. I want to know the black technology companies. I want to know the black ad agencies. I want to know the black companies that are driving dollars. What I'm trying to get y'all to understand is this here. This is my last point before I go to the panel. When we have these black events, corporations are buying tables. We're excited that so-and-so is our platinum level sponsor. So-and-so is our gold and silver and bronze heart. 
so-and-so is the lead sponsor of tonight's dinner. Well, guess what? If black-owned media got our fair share, we wouldn't need their tape. Because we could be the lead sponsor. This is not, I'm not going to be like a preacher, but this is, uh, 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 and then I love somebody, some Emily, uh, sounds like Roland doesn't understand the game. No, boo, you don't understand the game. I understand the game. I've been in this since I was 14 years old. See, let me break it down for y'all, for, for y'all simple silence who don't quite get it. In Brett Pooley's book, Billion Dollar Bet, The Unauthorized Biography of BET, he writes that BET, when Viacom bought them, was getting $1,500 for a 30-second spot. The same spot on MTV was getting $8,000. Do the math. BET was getting, and it was black-owned, and it was owned by Sheila Johnson and Bob Johnson. They were getting $1,500 for a 30-second ad, and it was $8,000 on MTV. Now, now I'm, about to really, I'm about to really trip y'all out. BET was sold for $3.3 billion. Had BET, see, y'all about to, had BET been getting the $8,000 for those spots versus the $1,500, BET worth likely would have been $10 billion. I'm about to really blow y'all away. BET's likely value would have been $10 billion. Mm. I told y'all they sold for $3.3. Which means that had Bob and Sheila Johnson sold, don't, don't miss this, sold one-third of BET, they would have sold it for $3.3 billion. And they would still own two-thirds of BET. I don't think some of y'all just heard what I said. Had BET, Julian, gotten its full value, $8,000 versus $1,500, BET's value would have likely been three times more than what it was sold for. So had they gotten their full value, they could have sold, in order to be liquid, they could have sold one-third of the company for $3.3 billion, which is what they got when they had to sell the whole damn company. So had had the ad agencies and the companies not undervalued the black consumer and not played black media small, BET would still be black-owned because they could have sold one-third of BET for $3.3 billion, still had the company, and have been worth another 6 to $7 billion order for them to maximize the value, they had to sell the whole thing. Now Viacom owns it. 
and now Viacom is making more money off the monetization of black people, and it's not benefiting black folk. Black wealth is not being created with BET getting a lion's share of the money. And we can go down the line of all of these black targeted companies to the reason black-owned media is not in a position to build capacity because we're being frozen out of the dollar in this country. That's why the letter was dropped from Carter to Villanova. That's why it takes a whole host of companies who are coming after all of you. Y'all have been making billions off of black people. Well, you know, what, the first thing that comes to my mind when you talk about the $1,500 uh, ad on BET versus the 8000 on MTV, that's a difference of a fact of five, Roland, not three, which means they could have sold 20%. I want to go five. I ain't even want to go five. I want to keep it simple. I just want to keep it simple. But you're right. I want, I want to keep it accurate. <laughs> No, 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 for the person, see, for, for, the, for the folk out there who like, is, is like a little too much, I wanted to show if you go three, it could still sell one-third of 3.3 what they actually got total and still still hold on to it. But I get your point, but go ahead. So, so you're basically really talking about the constant undervaluation of black people economically, socially, politically, and otherwise. In terms of the folks who do not, do not invest in black obedience, media but want us to be the ones to buy their stuff, this requires some internal discipline on our part. How dare GM but any other company, and we know they all do it, and the black-owned ad agencies often get the little tiny slice of the pie. But not only that, um, the black-owned media companies are very often, as you said, ignored. Now you, you could tell stories that will curl people's ears about how you go to these agencies to try to get your ad. You know, I mean, years ago, about 15, I tried to start do, do a, a show thing, and some of my friends and ads said, go here, go here, go here, go here. Well, you talk about have running a sister around. I mean, running a sister around. And people, as you said, they'd ask you for more. They'd ask you for numbers. What is your cue? Give us some samples. And you spent hours right. putting that mess together, and then... And never get the contract. Yes. And never get call it. You and say, this doesn't quite meet our specifications. So when you gave me the specifications, uh, what you want me to do? But basically, they, they don't want it. Oh, I must tell this story just to make some people watch and laugh. I met with one guy who said to me, is it in my interest to have a smart black woman on the air every day? He actually moved his mouth and formed his lips to say that to me. So he said, you know, you can do commentary, but no, you don't need to have your own thing. White man told me that to my face, smiling. And they said, would you like to have lunch? I said, no, I don't eat crow. So, um, <laughs> but in any case, the economics of this are we spend our money, over a trillion dollars. We spend our money, we get very little ROI. I'm glad that you guys wrote the letter to put GM on the carpet. There's so many others that need to be looked at. And not in terms of do they go to uh, the black ad agency, but do black phone media get some dollars? Because many of the black agencies are not making their own decisions either. They're like almost go-betweens. So when someone, when Roland Martin comes, when uh, some of the others come, and he has six signatories there. When they come, basically.
basically, they ought to be on top of the pile, not at the bottom. So the Black News Channel, interesting, good idea, but again, not black-owned, not generating black wealth. No, and no, it's, it's a Pakistani-American, Shaw, and again, I, I appreciate the network, but if they go out and start generating hundreds of millions of dollars in advertising, that's going to him. He's already a billionaire. It's not going to African-Americans. They are black well, investors. And even more than that, Roland, when they invest in his, and you can go and say, you know, I'm Roland Martin, I've got this daily digital show, well, we already advertise with the Black News Channel. Yep. That was the answer. You know? Yep. So basically, folks can out-black us without being black. They, but, but, and that's what happens. They can out-black us on black targeted, and again, we're trying to compete against black targeted with massive resources, and we're not, and black people are not benefiting from it. That's that's the real deal. Teresa, I'm gonna go Teresa for in. So, Teresa, again, this is folks can say, man, you know, I, I really wouldn't call people out like that. Here's the deal. Show me, please, where black people have gotten anything by having to play nice. We we, we call for the meeting, we go through all the processes, and we still fine. So the, obviously, the only way folk react is when we have to call folk out. Call them out, the tape drag out specialty is, is what I like to call it. But we have to be honest here. When we, it, It's interesting that, you know, and, and again, I am a proponent of all black media outlets, but it's interesting that we actually have to fight against each other in order for us to, to get on the platform, different platforms. We don't see Fox News, we don't see, you know, CNN and some other white conglomerates that are larger media platforms fighting against each other just for media ad buys. It, it's essentially, if, you know, if you advertise with one black entity, it, uh, essentially, you know, it, uh, it it's like a domino effect, they feel like, with one budget. And part of it is, you know, African Americans and minorities, we have to know the value of our wealth. And and part of it is, when, when the deal is time to be made, we have to make real strategic decisions when we are starting to, to, to look down the line and not just for short-term gains just to get out, knowing that that vision that we had early on could potentially be a, a whole generational wealth, but we got to hold on to our equity, we got to hold on to our black economics, but that, I believe that is what is missing uh, as of right now, but how bigger companies can support black medium outlets and, i.e., daily digital shows like yours, Roland, is to continuously, you know, not just buy the tables and buy the sponsorship and say, hey, we support 5000 10000 20000 but continuously figure out what that economic equity plan looks like for African Americans, what it looks like for black media outlets, and saying, listen, you know, shares are, you know, maybe become available. I know that's probably a long shot, but it's also an opportunity. Or we keep creating content and hold our content and not selling it. But we got to stop selling ourselves short, especially if we don't know that the actual number we are actually worth in this billion-dollar economy. Andrew, when Fox, I mean, Andrew, when Fox sold their company to Disney, I need everybody to listen to me. Fox sold the company to Disney for seventy-one. Robert Smith is the richest African-American in the United States. He is worth $7 billion. Fox sold Disney to the tune of 10 Robert Smiths. 
that means that when they sold it, Rupert Murdoch walked away with billions. His sons, each billions. His daughter, billions. If you had the ability to be able to create a black-owned media company and acquire other assets and build, 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 and then down the road, let's say, sell it, you can sell it for 10, 20, 30, but I mean, I can only imagine what the piece could have been built to for Ebony and others if they were getting the dollars. Billions, y'all. Andrew, when you're frozen out of the game, when you're completely frozen out, when the rules are created to specifically freeze you out, this is why you can't grow. It doesn't make, I'm telling you, y'all, no, it doesn't I, mean you I, can't I, grow. I rarely, I, I, I rarely, I, I rarely watch this show. I rarely watch this show on TV, on the TV when I get home. I mean, I went home and I was like, damn, this show looks good. I put it up against some other products. Imagine, imagine if I had 5% of CNN's budget. Five. Mm. Imagine five. Y'all, do the Fox, y'all, profit is going to be a billion dollars. 5% of a billion? That's 50 million. Y'all, that's 50 million. Do y'all know? Do y'all know what this show would look like? What we would be able to cover with a budget of $50 million a year? Can you imagine what I would look like on your platform? But Andrew, this is, but this is the thing that people don't understand. This, that's, that's how we are frozen out. We can never get to that point of the arbitrary rules they create. Go ahead. Well, Bitcoin, I really appreciate that you are using your platform, Roland, to speak out against this. I mean, there's just so much money that's always made on the backs of black people, not only in media, but we could talk about housing and how all how we've been shut out of that, or education, the GI Bill coming out of World War II. I mean, I think media is another frontier because we need to be able to tell our stories and cover the news in a unique way for our community, and there are not a lot of platforms that do that. So, um, I think you should keep fighting. We all really need to keep stepping up and like holding these companies accountable. Billion dollar profits. We know about the investments that African Americans are making on our spending power, but we need to demand more from these companies. And it really doesn't seem like there's much incentive for them. I, I'm I'm struggling. You know, a lot of these companies have black board members. A lot of these companies may have black executives. I mean, why has it been so hard for so long? Um, to have these investments in black media and black newspapers. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do something right here, and, and let, let me preface this. This is not to say they don't matter, but this is where they also play us. Let's be real clear. We need black board members. But by the time it gets to the... No, 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 listen. We need black board members. By the time it gets to the board decision has already been made. The power is not, let me be clear, folks, the power is not a black person on the board. The power is who is in the operational chain. See, it's p and &E. It's p and &E. p and &E, y'all, if you do not have, if you do not have, if you do not have p and &E, you do not have p and &E responsibility, yo, you ain't got power in the company. All these diversity, equity, and inclusion jobs, ask how many staffers do they have? 
Ask what's their budget. Ask how much do they control. It's P&L responsibility. P&L, who's the chief marketing officer? See, not, see, you can have all the black board members. No, who's the CMO? Who's the COO? See, that's where the power is. But see, and so again, they get us, hey, we appointed a black board member. Well, if your senior, are, are your senior level executives, are they black? Or do you only have one? Final, Julian, final comment, go. There's a book called Blacks on Boards. It's a really old book that I reviewed years ago. But it talks about how these corporations go to look for black people who pretty much look like them. Come on. And they're not looking for Roland Martin. Oh, not, hell no. They're not looking for Julianne Malvo. They're looking for somebody who basically has already been finished, polished, taught how to act. I think one of the most effective black board members is John Rogers at Ariel Capital Management because he does not mind calling people out. But the fact is that the executives are almost incidental, unless they're the CEO. The board members are almost incidental. Their representation, but unless they're on the finance committee, unless they're making some kind of decision, unless they're in the meeting before the meeting, it's just representation. It's not necessarily change making. So don't believe the hype when you see this black face and everybody claps and says, oh yeah, so-and-so just got on this board. Good for them, but how are they willing to take them on or are they happy to be their black face? Last point here, just just so y'all understand, just so y'all understand, uh, Roger Ferguson. Go to my iPad. Roger Ferguson was the CEO of TIAA. He was replaced by Fasunda Brown Duckett. This is the first time in history that a Fortune 500 company replaced a black CEO with another black CEO. The brother who just stepped down at Merck. His number two is black. He was not made the CEO. All I'm saying, y'all, is you need to understand the game. And we're going to deal with this advertising money in order to be able to grow. Uh, folks, I certainly appreciate it, Julian, Andrew, and Carissa. Thank you so very much. Folks, y'all will support what we do here at Roland Martin Unfiltered, giving you the kind of information you're not getting anywhere else. Trust me, you ain't going to see MSNBC and CNN break this down. That's when you have black folks getting checks, not building wealth. Okay, support us at Cash App, dollar sign, RM Unfiltered, PayPal.me, forward slash R Martin Unfiltered, Venmo.com, forward slash RM Unfiltered, Zales, Roland at RolandSMartin.com. You can send me money order to New Vision Media, Inc., 1625 King Street, Northwest, 2400, Washington, D.C., 2006. Okay, folks, thank you so very much. Uh, I shall see y'all tomorrow right here on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Have a great day. Holla!